Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ah, those moments in sport where you know you'll always remember where you were when it happened. Unrelated, here's a pass from Jets training camp day five, Aaron Rodgers to Gary Wilson. Also, Josh Jacobs leaving Las Vegas, not expected back. We'll talk about it. Let's go. Where's Elizabeth too? Did you hear Jets fans reacting to that pass at day five of training camp? They are thirsty, man. Why not? They are thirsty. What to make of the running back Zoom call from over this weekend? Look at the lineup on this call. That's, that's a Pro Bowl right there. That's a pretty great around the horn conference call right there. I wonder who was hosting. They talked about the financial crisis in their minds of how running backs are valued in the NFL. And the news of the day today from Tom Pelissero, NFL media, Josh Jacob leaving Las Vegas. He won't be back anytime soon. Courtney Cronin, you're our NFL reporter in today's panel. Around the horn to you, how do you think this dialogue affects where NFL running backs are right now with Jacobs and Saquon Barkley threatening sitting out? Tony, I think the Zoom call doesn't solve much in the short term, but it's a good starting point. All the discourse about the depressed running back market, it's the players who are trying to take charge here and come up with a solution. What we know is that Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley might be in a situation where they have to test their leverage a little bit and figure out if they're going to sit out this season. What I think will stem from this call going forward is having all running backs come to an agreement that in the 2024 offseason, none of them are going to participate because we know that the stars can't be the only ones who will sit out, owners, coaches, front offices. They'll do what they always do and try to replace your value by using the next man up mentality. That is what has depressed the running back market all along. So that's a good starting point to figure out what's going to happen next offseason. The big picture thing here, though, is that the NFLPA is probably not going to help them with this because robbing from one position to get another position does the the PA no service. Mm. The running back market might have to end up breaking off and creating their own CBA and their own. Whoa, okay. So, So now you're saying a splintering of the Players Association might be the future. Kevin Blackstone, I'll bring you in here. You know the Players Association better than anyone on this panel. Well, I would just say I don't know that it would splinter the NFLPA, but certainly, you know, let's just look at the environment that we're in right now with unions in this country, the fight that we're seeing out in Hollywood with the writers and the, and the, uh, and the actors. And if you look at the way unions are set up, you know what? You go through those contracts and different people in those unions, depending on what they do, they make a different amount of money. They're remunerated differently. And so that's really what running backs are talking about. And they've been running into this problem ever since the, ca- the salary cap was instituted. And uh, I remember Thurman Thomas and Emmett Smith having to fight 
fight this. So I think this is a very significant moment. What can they do now? What can, what can they do to bring about um, some relief to themselves? It's going to have to be a, a long um, haul fight for them. Some of them may have to walk. They're going to have to stay organized. They're going to have to emphasize their importance um, to this league and to the, to the teams that they play for. Um, and the fact that we know that their injury rate is unbelievable and they have the shortest career. So I certainly understand. And, uh, you know, I, I would be, we always talk about the agency that athletes don't understand that they have. Well, this is these guys understanding maybe some agency that they have. And it would be amazing, right? Amazing if they put, put they came to some point in the season where they shut down to get their their cause recognized. Mm, wow, I mean, that's that's unprecedented. But the CBA Absolutely. goes for nearly another decade, Kevin. In that time, can you see a splintering or a breaking off of a certain position in the NFLPA where it's a running back union? Yeah, I can't see a, I can't see that just because these guys are hard enough to corral just to be in the NFLPA. Um, but I can see them bringing some leverage to the NFLPA and having everybody recognize their value to these teams. Remember, the league is not making any less money, so they do have more money to share. George Sedan, I'll bring you in here. Tony, I feel for running backs, but unfortunately, this is about 20 years in the making as the game shifted due to math, really, in a lot of ways that – Quarterbacks were the most important player on the field, right? So what did that mean? That means you had to pay the people to protect the quarterbacks. What did that mean? You also have to protect or pay the people that the quarterback is throwing the ball to. And all those people's livelihoods expanded financially, whereas the running back continued to diminish. The other challenge here is this, and, and by the way, it's not just these guys, it's the young guys seeing this. Quinshawn Judkins, the leading rusher in the SEC last week at SEC Media Days, pointed out that he's watching this very carefully after rushing for nearly 1,600 yards last year as a freshman. But the problem is this, the CBA changed in 2011, which made you have to wait an extra year to potentially sit out which means guys who overworked their contract or over, you know, outperformed their contract at the running back position had to wait another year. Your prime years as a running back, Tony, are the early stages of your career. So you should have to be able to opt out early. I just don't see a method to that, as Kevin alluded to, because it's the position that has the, the shortest lifespan as right. far as playing days in the National Football League. I want to talk through something here before we get to Tim Kalashaw. George, you were just making a list of, of value in players, right, uh, from, for a roster's uh, view, right? The quarterback's the most important, then somebody's got to block for them, then somebody's got to receive for them. Isn't it true, Tim, that running backs both run the ball but also block but also receive, right? Aren't we in an instance here where they're leading the team in touches except for, this, for the quarterback in the center, I guess, right? The ball could be in Josh Jacobs' hands 380-time season. They do an extraordinary amount of work, especially the, the, the featured backs. And these have been wonderful speeches, especially by my former colleague, Kevin Blackstone. I just don't think the fire next time is there for the running backs to light. The problem with all of this, uh, you know, a, a veteran running backs withholding their services is that rookie running backs are really, really good. Zeke wins a rushing title. Kareem Hunt, the last Super Bowl, the best running back was a seventh-round rookie, Isaiah Pacheco. They come into the league ready to play that position. They're not ready at quarterback. They're not that good at wide receiver. They can't play left tackle. But teams can run these guys for four years. And they've seen what happened to second contracts for Le'Veon Bell, for Todd Gurley, for Zeke, who wasn't as good as Tony Pollard halfway through that contract. And they just aren't going 
to pay them. I, I think you could you could talk about collusion because now they're with the franchise tag, they're holding those salaries down, and and they can get away with franchising these guys. But with the rookies being as good as they are, I just don't think they have much of a leg to stand on. Back in. What running backs need to not do is take the advice of NFLPA president J.C. Treader. He put the idea out there last week that maybe you show up and you have an exaggerated, embellished injury in order to mm. be there, you know, not get fined contractually and have this hold-in approach. We've seen that work for other positions. It will not work for running backs because that feeds into the narrative of their uh, injuries, and that's an issue. And I understand that was a banned word, but that is what it is around running backs. They will replace you and they will go next man up and they will use that personnel and, and adapt to it. They can't go that route, but I do think we have a great starting point here for running backs going forward to continue to have these conversations and find some resolution in the future, but the power is going to come from them. Themselves. One more thing. There was a period in time, maybe it was about 10 years ago, where tight ends who were catching a lot of passes started to argue, you know, I'm not just a tight end, I'm a wide receiver because there was more money at the wide receiver position. So there, and then the tight end pay kind of caught up. Is that a possibility here, uh, Courtney? Is there any through line there where you kind of come up with a new position? I, that would be interesting. But, it, I mean, it could affect franchise tag value. That's a good place to start. I think Tim had okay. mentioned that because maybe making the franchise tag higher for running backs going forward is the way to go and a good and starting George? point. Tony, real quick, you just have to be a playmaker now, right? Like, that's why the kid I mentioned, Judkins from Ole Miss, says he wants to play in the slot some. It's why Bijan Robinson talks about he's a playmaker, right. not just a running so back. So maybe it's and the playmaker position. The or what I prefer, you know, when somebody is being scouted to go to college, it's the ATH position. Athlete. There we go. ATH. Points for everybody. We'll move on. Let's talk golf. British Open had U.S. dominance. Brian Harmon. From the moment he went out Friday, hit everything. It was never in doubt. To carry it through round three Saturday and all day Sunday through a perpetual downpour while being hunted, he won by six strokes. <laughs> wow. His first major says he'll go back home now to Georgia, turn off his phone, and get on his tractor. Tim Callis show, were you impressed with the dominance from Harmon or maybe a little disappointed in lack of a compelling finish? As a golf fan who watches way too many hours of these things, I was disappointed that with all the people chasing him for the last 36 holes, Rory McIlroy, Tommy Fleetwood, mm -hmm. John Rahm on Sunday, Jason Day, nobody, and Rahm put together a good round, but he was too far back. Jason, they, they couldn't do enough, and I just thought there, was, there were birdies to be made that they couldn't get to. Uh, it was a nice, really nice showing by Brian Harmon, who's a steady player, but I, I, I don't see why Rory... Uh, and, and especially Fleetwood just can't get it going when it comes to majors. George Dana. Tony, golf is very selective on who they want their long shots to be. Clark was 100-1 to 1 at the U.S. Open. Uh, in this particular case, Harmon was 125-1, to 1, and they were razzing him at the end. I didn't get it. The other thing that stood out to me was Rory. I mean, he's had now seven top eight finishes in his last eight majors and hasn't won. Talk about guys like Tiger who have done that, Gary Player, Arnold Palmer. All of those have victories, and yet, for some reason, Rory can't finish the deal. KV. I'm amazed that there's more attention on the guys who couldn't catch Harmon than Harmon himself, who had a great tournament. He played solid golf every day of the weekend. Um, and so I think that should be celebrated. I mean, I don't hear people like me who, are, who like the Tour de France 
complaining that the last four or five days were, were just a, a sally in the park because, um, because Vindigo <laughs> broke away on the time mm -hmm. trial away from Podica. I mean, so uh, who cares? Uh, it's still a great, it was still a great event. Never heard that expression oui, oui. before. I don't exactly know what that means. I hope it means good things. Um, but this is a thing that George alluded to. There was, I don't want to call it catcalling, but when you had the microphones turned up on the course, we can't, we can't air this uh, video today, but when you had the microphones aired up on the course, there were people saying, miss it. People saying, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to run away here. We want a close tournament. Courtney, how'd you hear it? Yeah, I didn't like people basically rooting for a Jean Vandeveld to happen. I was so impressed with the way that Harmon handled this course. You know that you cannot hit it, a uh, fairway shot in the bunker. He didn't have any of those over the course of the weekend. He only had two greenside bunkers that he landed in. He parred both of those holes. His putting was most impressive, though. 108 during his round of the four days, the lowest by any open champion of the last Now we earned that week on the tractor. Turns everything off and gets to just mow around his lawn. It's pretty great. KB, can you give us a, a, a Sally at the park? Can you, can you please describe that is in a few words? I mean, you're just out there, la-di-da, riding around, looking for the ice cream cart. Kids are with you. This is a race. Come on. Good day. But what, what does Sally mean? We'll be back. Fire cell next. Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Chase. Sally Forth, oh, to buy or sell, why don't we? Sally Forth, yes. Aaron Rodgers to Garrett Wilson. Training camp day five got some oohs and ahs. You see it right here. Even Devontae Adams talked it up. It feels like it's a moment here, George. Are you one of those people that feels like it's a moment? Is this something or nothing? Oh my God, Tony, it's nothing. I'm selling this. Okay, this is what happens when you haven't made the playoffs in 13 years. You're worried about viral moments on day five of training camp. There's a reason their over-under is nine, okay? Because they play in one of the tougher divisions in the sport, Aaron Rodgers or not. Tim Kalashaw, something or nothing. Well, I realize George is handicapped here. There are a couple of panelists who remember Super Bowl three. 
We know what it's been like <laughs> to wait 55 years to get to a Super Bowl. I've also seen Aaron Rodgers make those throws to beat the Cowboys in playoff mm. games. That's what's laying ahead for the Jets. Not the Cowboys, other teams. Hey, Courtney Cronin, something or nothing. They're not even in pads yet. It's his own defense that's creating that pressure. He is able to escape from. I like the connection. I do think that that's a promising sign. That's the reason they signed Aaron Rodgers. 103.6 career passer rating inside the red zone. That's second best in the NFL. This could yield some good things. A sign of things to come for the New York Jets. Hey, Kevin Black is doing something. Exactly, Courtney. And that's why this was a big deal. Because the New York Jets were next to last in red zone TD efficiency last mm. year. Already they have improved. This is going to be three W's on the on the uh, on the record right there. So you have done this for every team as long as you've been covering the NFL, right? You break down their touchdown to interception ratio in day camp number five, right? For every team yeah. in the league. So let's go through the rest of the league here. Kevin Black is some Baltimore Ravens. What was there? Oh no! <laughs> I can't believe the two reporters with four decades of experience believe day camp five. Is, is it a big deal? We'll go around the horn. Keep an eye Fire on them. Fire Friday, I guess. Would the Baltimore Orioles hold on to first place through the weekend in Tampa? Everybody in the panel believed it. Everybody in the panel was right. Points for everybody. Transfer power in the AL East. Tampa was in first nearly every day for nearly four months, but the O's taking three of four. On Saturday, they blew a ninth, uh, blew an early lead, but came back with a pitch at ninth inning win. Sunday, straight ahead win, and here we are, Baltimore in first. Tim, first place, last week of July. Big deal, little deal, or no deal whatsoever? It, it's a deal, especially for the Baltimore Orioles. What I got right on Friday's show was the Tampa Bay runs can't, Tampa Bay Rays can't score runs anymore. Early in the year, all their whole team was hitting. Now they've all backed up to reality, and it's going to be a Baltimore-Toronto race in the Oops, ALEs. There goes gravity. Uh, Courtney Cronin, I how didn't about even you? Mean, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> 3.4 <laughs> runs, to be exact, over their last 18 games. That's how many the Tampa Bay Rays are averaging. So, yeah, it's a big problem for the other team, the team that was had a six-and-a-half game lead on the Baltimore Orioles 23 days ago. Tony, the Rays are in serious trouble right now. They have no offense whatsoever. They're 4-14 four and 14 in the month of July. They may risk missing the playoffs because of the mm. snowball effect. Okay. Okay, there, there are three wild card teams, three wild card teams in the American League. Uh, so there's still some room. They're up a few games there. Blackstone, please. Uh, no, this is this is great for the city of Baltimore. It's great for this team. Ever since they brought up that kid, Aldi Rashman, I believe, last year, they have the sixth best win rate in Major League Aldi Baseball. Rushman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Aldi Rushman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the sixth best. In, and all their young players, all these guys they drafted, are playing lights out. They could fix the pitching and be even better. Thought we were going with an Albie Shore reference there for a second, KB. Uh, no. <laughs> George Sedano and you. Tony, they're on pace from a winning perspective to match that 1997 team that made the playoffs for them. Uh, that was the last time they were in first place in the AL East to, to end the season. Gunnar Henderson, by the way, who went right after the next pick after Adley Rushman, yeah. <laughs> uh, has been the AL Rookie of the Year, in my opinion, this year. The highest wins above replacement of any rookie in the AL. His last 45 games have been out of control. Tim, you seem like something has, has disturbed. Is Josh Young still playing? Is Josh Young not leading every category in the American oh, League? Oh, okay. Oh, the rally that. for the AL that. Rookie of the Year. This is getting fierce. Wins above replacement. 
Tim Callis, a little Ma spaghetti on uh, the sweater already here. It's no Mackay fiber. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jimmy, I'm not, you're not going to advance, but you could have gone there. I, I, I appreciate that. Broden. Broden's too young to even know the movie Eight Mile. This is amazing. Uh, showdown coming up, Sedano <laughs> Blackstone. Wow. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Angels, six and three since the All-Star break. Four back of Wild Card three. There's simulations going on right now, you know. With the trade deadline eight days away, trade Otani or don't trade Otani. This weekend, home run 36 yesterday. And he pitched Friday, was hit pretty hard, but got a win. Some people around the team, media included, taking photos like this is the last home run at home or the last pitch at home. The question, was this his final homestand in Anaheim, George? No, absolutely not. Artie Moreno couldn't even decide whether he wanted to sell the team or not. He was selling it, then he wasn't selling it. You think he's going to trade Otani at this point? No chance. JB? Mike Trout is still there. All these years later, the previous best player in baseball has played three playoff games mired with the Angels. Otani's not going anywhere either. Okay, he's still injured at the moment, but we'll split the point. We'll move on within minutes of each other Friday night. Enormous goals in American soccer, U.S. Women's national team over Vietnam in the first World Cup game. It was 3-0. Two of those goals from Sophia Smith. So the young Sophia Smith announces her cup arrival with authority. And then there was this. Here it is. Messi! Kevin, you got some debuts to Ray. Please go ahead. Unbelievable. I hate to overshadow the uh, Women's World Cup. But uh, Messi doing this, curling it like like uh, Messi was phenomenal <laughs> in his first. I saw what first you were match. about to do, but I prefer I prefer okay, Tony, curl it like I, Messi, I'm bend a, it like Beckham. I'm gonna give him an yeah. a, I'm gonna give this moment an A plus for Apple Plus, who's gonna bank off of Messi. By the way, he did bend it like Beckham, and it was 16 years to the day oh, of Beckham's no, Beckham was debut here. in MLS. Yeah, there, there was a great shot of everyone taking their cameras to capture Messi's moment, and Beckham was right there, no camera in hand, just taking it all in. I like seeing that. Unbelievable. Showdown three to decide it. Tennessee Titans announcing their throwbacks, and it's a throwback to the Houston Oilers. 
the team from whence they came. It was a kind of a hostile takeover when they made the move to Tennessee. George Farrell to throw it back to a team you kind of took the team from. Completely foul, Tony. Do you think the Baltimore Ravens would have worn Browns throwbacks when the Browns weren't a team before 1999? Get out Maybe. of here. Maybe. Oh, we've seen Montreal Expos uniforms here in Washington for the Nats. This is okay, but really they should have gone back to the Steve McNair, the Steve McNair jersey that got them that close to being in the uh, Super Bowl championship. No, McNair, oh, you wanted the Titans right. to wear that. Right, right. right. The, these Oiler ones, this is Warren Moon and, you know, Three or four straight trips to the postseason there will give the points. Love you, Blue. Georgia Dana. Tony, thanks. I want to celebrate Scott Rowland and Fred McGriff for getting into the Hall of Fame. Fifteen opportunities between them where they missed out. Particularly Fred McGriff, his story cut in high school, 18 years old, got traded in the league after hitting 148, hit 493 home runs after that. Shout out to the Crime Dog and to Tom Mansky and his defensive drills with the Crime Dog. Those were the drills that get results. 23 and a half hour break. We'll see you tomorrow.